This is Warrior's Way Podcast, episode 22, and I'm James Eke. I believe that the definition of definition is reinvention. To not be like your parents. To not be like your friends. To be yourself. Completely. When I was young, I had no sense of myself. All I was was a product of all the fear and humiliation I suffered. Fear of my parents, the humiliation of teachers calling me garbage can and telling me I'd be mowing lawns for a living, and the very real terror of my fellow students. I was threatened and beat up for the color of my skin and for my size. I was skinny and clumsy, and when others would tease me, I didn't run home crying, wondering why. I knew all too well. I was there to be antagonized. In sports, I was laughed at, a spaz. I was pretty good at boxing, but only because of the rage that filled my every waking moment made me wild and unpredictable, and I fought with some strange fury, and the other boys thought I was crazy. I hated myself all the time. As stupid as that seems now, I wanted to talk like them, dress like them, carry myself with the ease of knowing that I wasn't going to get pounded in the hallway between classes. Years passed, and I learned to keep it all inside. I only talked to a few boys in my grade, other losers. Some of them are to this day the greatest people I have ever known. Hang out with a guy who's had his head flushed down the toilet a few times, treat him with respect, and you'll find a faithful friend forever. But even with friends, school sucked. Teachers gave me a hard time, and I didn't think much of them either. Then came Mr. Pepperman, my advisor. He was a powerfully built Vietnam veteran, and he was scary. No one ever talked out of turn in his class. Once one kid did, and Mr. P lifted him off the ground and pinned him to the blackboard. Mr. P could see that I was in bad shape, and one Friday in October, he asked me if I had ever worked out with weights, and I told him no. He told me that I was going to take some of my money that I'd saved up and buy a 100-pound set of weights at Sears. As I left his office, I started to think of things I would say to him on Monday when he asked about the weights that I was not going to buy. Still, it made me feel special. My father never really got that close to caring. On Saturday, I bought the weights. But I couldn't even drag them to my mom's car. An attendant laughed at me as he put them on a dolly. Monday came and I was called to Mr. P's office after school. He said that I was going, he was going to show me how to work out. He was going to put me on a program and start hitting me in the solar plexus in the hallway when I wasn't looking. When I could take the punch, we would know that we were getting somewhere. At no time was I to look at myself in the mirror, to tell anyone at school what I was doing. In the gym, he showed me 10 basic exercises. I paid more attention than I ever did in any of my classes. I didn't want to blow it. I went home that night and started right in. Weeks passed. 
and every once in a while Mr. P would give me a shot and drop me in the hallway, sending my books flying. The other students didn't know what to think. More weeks passed, and I was steadily adding new weight to the bar. I could sense the power inside my body growing. I could feel it. Right before Christmas break, I was walking to class, and from out of nowhere, Mr. Peppermint appeared and gave me a shot in the chest, and I laughed and kept going. He said I could look at myself now. I got home, and I ran to the bathroom, pulled off my shirt, and I saw a body that, not just the shell that housed my stomach and my heart, my biceps bulged, my chest had definition, I felt strong. It was the first time I can remember having a sense of myself. I had done something and no one could ever take that away. You couldn't say shit to me. It took me years to fully appreciate the value of the lessons I have learned from the iron. I used to think that it was my adversary, that I was trying to lift that which does not want to be lifted. I was wrong. When the iron doesn't want to come off the mat, it's the kindest thing it can do for you. If it flew up, went through the ceiling, it wouldn't teach you a thing. That's the way the iron talks to you. It tells you that the material you work with is that which you will come to resemble. That which you work against will always work against you. It wasn't until my late 20s that I learned by that by working out, I had given myself a great gift. I learned that nothing good comes without work and a certain amount of pain. When I finished a set that left me shaking, I know more about myself. When something gets bad, I know it can't be as bad as that workout. I used to fight the pain, but recently this became clear to me. Pain, pain is not my enemy. It's my call to greatness. But when dealing with the iron, one must be careful to interpret the pain correctly. Most injuries involving the iron come from ego. I went spent a few weeks lifting weight that my body wasn't ready for and spent a few months not picking up anything heavier than a fork. Try to lift what you're not prepared for and the iron will teach you a little lesson in restraint and self-control. I have never met a truly strong person who didn't have self-respect. I think a lot of inwardly and outwardly directed contempt passes itself off as self-respect. The idea of raising yourself by stepping on somebody's shoulders instead of doing it yourself. When I see guys working out for cosmetic reasons, I see vanity exposing them in the worst way as cartoon characters, billboards for imbalance and insecurity. Strength reveals itself through character. It is the difference between bouncers who get off strong-arming people and Mr. Pepperman. Muscle mass does not always equal strength. Strength is kindness and sensitivity. Strength is understanding that your power is both physical and emotional. It comes from the body and the mind and the heart. Yukio Mishima said that he could not entertain the idea of romance if he was not strong. Romance is such a strong and overwhelming passion, a weakened body cannot sustain it for long. I have read some of the most romantic thoughts when I'm with the iron. Once I was in love with a woman, 
I thought about her the most when the pain from the workout was racing through my body. Everything in me wanted her. So much so that sex was only a fraction of my total desire. It was the single most intense love I've ever felt, but she lived far away and I didn't see her very often. Working out was a healthy way of dealing with loneliness. To this day, when I work out, I usually listen to ballads. I prefer to work out alone. It enables me to concentrate on the lessons that the iron has for me. Learning about what you're made of is always time well spent. I have found no better teacher. The iron has taught me how to live. Life is capable of driving you out of your mind. The way it all comes down these days, it's some kind of miracle if you are not insane. People have become separated from their bodies. They are no longer whole. I see them move from their offices to their cars and on to their suburban homes. They stress out constantly. They lose sleep and eat badly. They behave badly. Their egos run wild. They become motivated by that, which will eventually give them a massive stroke. They need the iron mind. Through the years, I have combined meditation, action, and the iron into a single strength. I believe that when the body is strong, the mind thinks strong thoughts. Time spent away from the iron makes my mind degenerate. I wallow in a thick depression. My body shuts down my mind. The iron is the best antidepressant I have ever found. There's no better way to fight weakness than with strength. Once the mind and body have been awakened to their true potential, it's impossible to turn back. The iron never lies to you. You can walk outside and listen to all kinds of talk, get told that you're a god or a total bastard. The iron will always kick you the real deal. The iron is the greatest reference point, the all-knowing perspective giver. Always there like a beacon in the pitch black. I've found the iron to be my greatest friend. It never freaks out on me. It never runs. Friends may come and go, but 200 pounds is always 200 pounds. So that is an essay called Iron and Soul. And it was written by the punk rock icon, writer, and sometimes actor, Henry Rollins. And it was originally published in Details Magazine back in 1994. I've read this over and over a few times a year for the past 20 years since I first read it. And I can't say enough how much it has reinforced the way I think, the way that I train, and at times it's helped to spur me on, not just in my workout, not just in my training, not just in my martial arts, but in my life. What Henry Rollins wrote here, the iron, this is about training and discipline and hard work. It's about being the best that you can. 
It's about beating back the demons and the monsters and the junk and the garbage and the things that people say. And even more importantly, that thing inside you that can get in your way the worst of anything else. The ego. Because the ego can be good, but the ego can also drag you down. This essay, Iron and Soul, this is the truth, plain and simple. As those of you who listen to this podcast regularly know, I'm a huge proponent of the gym and getting in shape. I've been for a long time, and I think that everybody needs it. You need to move the body. You need to lift things, bend, push, pull. You need to run. You need to swim. You need to jump. You need to roll around on the ground and wrestle with people. You need to kick and punch and swing things. You need to be human. The why is about getting the most you can from this life. It's about learning what you are capable of. You. How many of you listening to this really, truly know what you're capable of? Some of you might have been in the military and be pushed a bit and have found out a little bit about yourself. Some of you might do some martial arts. Some of you might do a lot of different things. But do you truly know what you're capable of? It's a good question. It's about feeling what it's like to be actually a human being. What you truly are. What you come from. I was talking to someone the other day about how our DNA, the things that make us, somehow managed to live through the Ice Age somehow managed to live through some of the massive monsters that used to walk this planet. If you don't know how big a short-faced bear is, get on your Google machine and find out. And there were humans here at the same time. And if that doesn't give you nightmares, nothing ever will. Henry Rollins' essay is the same reason why I think everybody needs to do jiu-jitsu. And by that, I mean Brazilian jiu-jitsu. By that, I mean real Brazilian jiu-jitsu. At a real school, under real teachers and coaches who have a clear understanding of what jiu-jitsu really is. You don't need more BS and lies in your life. You don't need a jiu-jitsu that isn't real. Jiu-jitsu done right is like deadlifts. It's heavy. It's difficult. It's uncomfortable. And then sometimes it's embarrassing. It makes you groan sometimes and leaves you tired and feeling like you can do anything if you set your mind to it. But right now, I just need to rest. Deadlifts are hard. 200 pounds 
is always 200 pounds. If you're a martial artist who actually believes in what you're doing and that you are a martial artist, but you don't do jujitsu, you need to wake up. So if you're listening to this, sorry to burst bubbles. You might love your martial art that you do. You might be a card-carrying member. You might have a black belt rank that makes you feel like you're something special. But if you don't do jujitsu as well, you're lying to yourself. You need to wake up. It's just like going to the gym and working on those bicep curls, but you don't do a deadlift. You can keep doing whatever it is that you do, but still make jujitsu your core. It's like making sure that your front door is locked at night when you go to bed, and so is going to the gym. It's your fail-safe. It's the nucleus. If it isn't, it needs to be. If you aren't making yourself stronger, if you aren't making yourself smarter, if you aren't making yourself more fit, if you aren't making yourself a better person every day, ask yourself, what the heck is going on? The same thing goes with the gym the iron. We need to be strong and fit, or at least as strong and fit as possible. We need it so we can live our lives and be useful. Useful to ourselves and to everyone else. When you're needed and you can't do it because you aren't strong enough, that you didn't train hard enough, that you didn't do what you could have done, that that couch, that that awesome couch, that TV, that whatever was so much more important than training. That'll be a sad day for you. We need to be strong so that we are useful. There's more to this too. Yeah, you need to understand the discipline of iron, but you need to learn to sit with yourself. You need to figure out who you are. You need to block out time every day and simply sit. Learn to breathe and breathe properly. Not this panting, not this gasping, not the kind of breathing that the people around you look at you weird, wondering why you're breathing like that. Learn to breathe. Learn about the flow and the mess and the simplicity that is your mind and learn to control it, learn to notice it, learn to recognize it. And yeah, none of this is easy. I'm not telling you anything that is simple. And yeah, none of it is going to be mastered quickly. And yes, this will take discipline and patience, but good. Good. You need to pull something better for yourself from this life. And you need to start to get today. You need to grab it now. You only have this life. You only have this moment. Being strong is a choice. 
and so is being weak. Start today. So, going on, can you tell that that essay gets me excited? (laughs) Man, it is honestly such an important piece of writing as far as I'm concerned. And that's why ever since I started this podcast, I was like, I'm going to fit that in without a doubt. There's lots of stuff, by the way, that you can read that Henry Rollins has written. Um, He's written a bunch of books. Get on that Google machine and find out what and read some of it. Um, You can find his essay, Iron and Soul, either in that Details magazine from 1994, if you're lucky, or I used to have a copy of it. I don't know what happened to it. Um, Or you can probably find it just on the internet. I have it in my iPhone and read it. So going on, the question of the day, um, I like it actually. I don't think we've answered it before. And if I have, well, too bad because it's important. Um, I was watching the news the other day and uh, they were talking about the uh, addiction of kids to a certain video game that's out there right now and how psychiatrists are getting so much uh, visits by these young kids that are addicted. And I'm sitting there watching this, wondering what went wrong. So the question of the day is about video games, what I think about them and how much is too much. Well, that is a good question. And I'm gonna surprise you with my answer. Video games aren't bad. They can be a lot of fun. My youngest and I used to play Minecraft all the time, and my daughter loves the historical Assassin's Creed games, and to be honest, I love watching uh, when she plays it. I don't play it myself. I like watching it because it is kind of interesting, especially the most recent one that's like ancient Egypt, and it blew my mind. Um, I like seeing what people are doing with this stuff. You have to remember, my generation, we grew up with asteroids. So going from asteroids to um, wandering around in ancient Egypt, talking to Julius Caesar, (laughs) that's a pretty cool change of uh, things. So they're good. They can be creative. They can open your mind to things if you're playing the right things and you have the right way of thinking. Um, I know when my daughter and I were checking out that game, we were pretty excited because here in Victoria, BC, at the museum, we were getting a exhibit of ancient Egypt. And we were wandering around going, hey, that's from the game. Oh my gosh, this is about this. This is about that. And that was pretty cool. Myself, I like the Fallout games. I thought those were pretty fun. Now, all that said, I'm not a video game guy. They can be fun, but they can be addictive, and you have to be very careful about how much time you're letting yourself get sucked up by and sucked into by the video games that you could be spending getting smarter, getting stronger, and getting better. So if you're an adult with children, you know what? Be a parent. Unplug the dang thing. 
take the games away from them. Police them. Make them get some push-ups in. Make them get to jiu-jitsu class. Make the games be like getting a treat. I'm not going to tell you not to play video games. I think they are part of life now. I hear they're talking about putting them in the Olympics. What I'll say is that you should limit your time and you should track it. What I'll do if ever I'm inclined to get on and play something, which isn't very often, but if I'm ever overcome by the need to battle zombies, which can be awesome, (laughs) what I'll do is I'll set my alarm on my watch and I'll play for maybe 30 minutes. The alarm goes off, I turn it off, I'm disciplined, I don't let myself or my kids sit there for hours and hours or the whole day. There's nothing good that comes from that. Well, maybe there's one thing that good that comes from it. It's that the couch is going to get worn out and the people that make it are going to make some money because you spent all your time sitting on that thing and eventually broke it by your lazy butt. (laughs) In this life, you have to remember, we only have so much time. We don't want to waste it. So get stronger every day. Get smarter every day. Get better at being you. And then, if you want to entertain yourself, play some video games. That's fine. Have some fun. Again, you only live once. So there you go. Make something out of your life. So a few things to talk about. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet, you can do a search on your interwebs. We are starting up a Warrior's Way podcast website. It's on there. I have been on vacation and haven't added much to it, but it is on there. In the coming time, we will hopefully get some um, cool things on there as well. Maybe some videos, um, maybe some t-shirts, that kind of thing. Um, You can also find us on Facebook. You can contact us through both the website and Facebook, by the way. So um, that would be awesome. So if you have a question of the day for the podcast, send it to me. I love answering what people are thinking. Um, If you're enjoying this podcast, first of all, you listen for free. (laughs) So the payment I am going to ask for is that you spread the word. Be part of the Warrior's Way podcast army. And your mission is to spread the word. Let people know what we're doing here, that we're all about making your life better. Read the things that we talk about. Because most of these, other than you know, short essays, um, they're little snippets from books. Help out the guys that wrote those books and pick them up. If the people are dead, well, help out whoever is profiting from their words. <laughs> Uh, but spread the word what we're trying to do. The next thing that you can do is to leave a review of our podcast on wherever you're listening to this. So if you're listening to it on iTunes, then that would be fantastic. If you're listening to it on Google Play, if you're listening to it on all these other things that I probably don't even know the names of, leave a review. It lets how, it's how other people find out about it. Um, talk us up. Word of mouth is wicked. 
as we used to say. Um, the other thing that you can do is to help me out that is by getting on Amazon or your ebook readers and pick up a copy of one of my books because they are kind of about this stuff. In fact, my first book is written um, under the same name, Warrior's Way. Um, I've got a couple books out there right now about this kind of stuff, Warrior's Way and A Wolf in the Woods. Um, we'll talk about the wolf thing in a coming podcast, I'm sure. And suffice it to say, I can tell you what it's like to get into a fight with a wolf in the woods. And I can tell you that it changes your life. And I can also tell you, you don't want to do it. (laughs) Um, Learn from me. And I think that's about it. So um, check us out on Amazon. Like I said, I've got a couple books along the same lines as this. Um, Leave us a review, like us on Facebook. Um, You can also find me through my martial arts school, which is the Eek Academy of Martial Arts here in Victoria, British Columbia, where we do jujitsu five days a week and an assortment of other amazing things. So you have your mission Get out there and help out what we're trying to do here. Be a member of our army, our Warriors Way podcast army. And read cool things. Lift weight. Train in your martial arts. Be good people. Pick up trash. Clean up your life, cut down on plastics, and make something out of this. We can make this life that we have something amazing. We just have to make that be our intent. We have to do the work. We have to work harder than everyone else. And then what you get out of that is something amazing. So get out there, train hard, have fun, be good to each other. Take care.